turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. All right, so let's talk about your book, Profit Motive. What drives the things we do? And when I see that, a lot of people would say, well, yeah, what makes people think about doing this or do that? And I'll tell you what it is. You tell me if I'm wrong. All right. Profit. <laughs> that profit is the driver. Capitalism is the driver, is it not? I think you're right. I think you're 100% right. And I think here's the problem that we, we get with that. I, I think that the problem comes with the second step. I think that most of us understand that statement is fact. I think that when we look at a business, we see a company and we know that they're out for profit, but we don't then go to the second step and see that the managers at that pro- at the company are out for their own individual profit yep. and that the employees are out for their own individual profit. And then we don't look and see what that means. And the book really goes into that fact that every person in the chain has their own profit, but then we also apply it to nonprofits. There's a chapter called the for-profit nonprofit that points out that nonprofits are business. We also go at religion and healthcare and politics, uh, a little bit of everything, and show that profit is everywhere we look. Sure, it, it absolutely is. And not only is it with that business and the people who work for that business, but it's also for the people who are your competitors who uh, might go out and give a lot of money to a camp, another campaign to pass laws that make it more difficult for you to do your business so you don't make as much money, but they get a bigger piece of the pie. Cronyism. Yes. Cro- I mean, this is it, it's a big thing where, where I personally, I work, one of the issues I work on uh, day and night on Capitol Hill is actually a big crony area. It's uh, a debate that's colloquially known. It's uh, well known as the troll fight, the troll debate. <laughs> okay. And uh, what, it, what, it, what it really boils down to is a debate between people that invent things uh-huh. and a debate between people that use those innovations. And so the people that use those innovations have come up to Capitol Hill and have attempted to pass laws that make it harder to innovate. And in fact, they have made it to Capitol Hill and pass laws that make it harder to innovate. For my listeners, yep. explain simply what you're saying. All right. So in, in the U.S., we have a, a patent system. So you invent the next best mousetrap. And you go to the patent office and you patent that, and they give you a pe- the U.S. government gives you a piece of paper that says you own that idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, there's rules before they hand you that piece of paper. It has to be uh, new and non-obvious and uh, a few other things before you you get that piece of paper. But after you have that piece of paper. Are, it's actually in the Constitution. It should be treated like property. So you can actually defend that idea, and that's what allows you to know that you can invest in it, like you can invest in your property and go and build something. So the the troll debate or the uh, the way that you enforce a patent, though, is if you steal my patent, I have to take you to, to court, and businesses don't like being taken to court. Well, but the question is, what if they're not doing, uh, taking what you do, but they go in and they go out and buy what you do and they re-engineer it backwards 
to figure out how you do what you do and then throw a little bit of a kink into it and say, well, no, we don't do it the way you do it. You understand? The Chinese do this all the time. Yeah, well, the, that's the, the, the knockoff culture. And so that, that's, a, that's the problem. And that's why we have patents is so that you can, you can enforce that. So the reason why the U.S. economy is as good as it is is because in our Constitution, this is one of the few rights that's actually, a new, that's actually discussed is the, this right to patent. Because uh, before we were our own independent country, the king gave writs of ownership. Right. But because we actually give the inventor the right, we give them the profit motive to invest in in their product. And so it's this great thing that lets you actually build your product. And, and because of this troll debate, I, I'll just come back to it because it's interesting. Because of well, the cronyism, uh, we're actually now not number one in innovation. We're number 12. And that ranking has been falling wow. because of the laws that I just that's, talked about. That's, that's amazing. And that's, that's scary. Yeah. It we, really is scary. We're below China. We're, we're China's up and coming. They And they're... In their uh, intellectual revolution in the in the 70s, the intellectual property is one of the things that they focused on, and now they're filing more than us, and they have one of the biggest patent systems in the world. I know people that are going over there to enforce patents now. That's not what we want because that's that shift in profit. When you can make more money as a business in China, where do you start your company? You start it in China. You don't start it in the U.S. That's really incredible. I was talking to David Mole, and he said that he had worked with you on this book, that you talked about the media uh, in the book. I I thought that was interesting because a lot of people watch cable television now, of course, to to get their their daily fix of politics or whatever. Uh, But people don't realize that people watch shows that they don't agree with just to see what the other side is saying. And people don't understand how does CNN even exist with the crazy stuff that they say. They do it because they know it's going to draw enough of your eyes over to watch it that it helps monetize their business. They know they've got all the liberals watching. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Fox I, does the same thing. Eyeballs, the news cycle. I yeah. mean, it's this thing that it's a it's a race to get news out there faster. And in, in fact, what's interesting is I think there's. Um, it's one of after you understand profit motive after you've read the book it's fun to debate with people about what if people understand what their actual profit motive is so i would say this new fake news uh cycle that we're in of and really i think there's two types of fake news there's the the bad journalism where yes. people are rushing to the airwaves to get a story out there and they're making a mistake and then there's the other ones where maybe they're rushing to tell a narrative that before somebody else does it but the where they're rushing to the airwaves and getting it wrong um, is where I don't think these stations understand that their actual profit motive is in getting the story right. That's why you keep coming back to a station. Maybe you come back to the entertainment. You know, I'll, I go to CNN and MSNBC sometimes for the for the entertaining um, value. But I like going to Fox when I want the truth. I, I like going to some of the mainstream media when I want to hear kind of the basic news. But they haven't been doing that in recent years. And... Fox has been uh, on point, but some of the major media outlets haven't been, and it it makes you try to find other news sources, and so they're driving their own base away. All right, so let's talk about one other area that concerns me. Okay. This goes back for decades in our country. Rockefeller, when he was forming Standard Oil, said that he didn't get involved with politics 
until politicians got involved in his business. And that's when he started giving money to politicians because other businesses that were wanting to take business from him were trying to get other politicians to pass laws against his business. That goes on in spades now. Yep. Well, uh, one of my one of my mentors is Terry Neese. She's out of uh, based out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Okay. And she has a saying that uh, if you're if you're in business and not involved in politics, then politics are going to be involved in your business. Absolutely. And, and uh, I I don't think I've ever heard Rockefeller's quote, but I have lots of Rockefeller stories in my book. Um, based oh, on good. Ba- ba- based on that basic idea of there's all, there's a difference between. Um, being pro-business and pro-capitalism or pro-markets. I'm a pro-capitalist, free market individual. And, and a lot of times what happens is on Capitol Hill, you end up with, what. let's start with Rockefeller's competitors were up there, and then Rockefeller went up to counter that. And But as a pro-capitalist, there's not many voices that we have on Capitol Hill because, you know, we don't we can't afford our own lobbyists. But the businesses have a, have a financial incentive to afford their own lobbyists. So they actually have people up there. And so uh, both the right and left end up legislating pro-business instead of pro-market or pro-capitalist. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that because if you talk to a young person today about capitalism, they got this really bad taste in their mouth. They don't understand that capitalism has raised more people out of poverty than any other ism that's out there, socialism, communism. In fact, communism and socialism ends up killing people. If you don't believe that, look at Venezuela and what's going on there right now. But uh, when they look at what they think is capitalism, they're seeing corporatism. Yep. And they've got them completely merged together. It, it's a, a homogenized view of, of what capitalism is. And honestly, I can't blame them too much. Uh, and that bec- that comes from a couple things. I, I don't think we've done a good job of putting the education out there. I think this book hopefully helps do some of that. Um, I don't think Congress has done a good job of separating no. those two issues. No. So I can't blame them. But one of the things I would do to those um, kids... is point at the phone that they're probably looking at as they're talking to you and and discuss the point that it probably only cost a hundred to two hundred dollars to make but they paid five hundred to a thousand dollars to buy it to buy it and that profit is capitalism Mm -hmm. but the fact is is you're willing to pay that that extra money you're willing to give the owner of that phone the profit peacefully peacefully as a trade because you think it's going to bring yourself more profit. And in fact, cell phones and smartphones have brought uh, health, safety, and economic growth around the world uh, multiple fold. Yeah, it's amazing. The book is called Profit Motive, What Drives the Things We Do. I'm going to assume you can get it at Amazon or anywhere else online because we're talking about smartphones just a moment (laughs) ago or go to what brick-and-mortar stores are left. Uh, bookstores and pick it up there as well. That is correct. Charles, great interview. Very good book. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining me.